Hey, what's going on, everybody? Matt Holmes here with another awesome episode of the Vigilant Life Podcast. First, as always, I want to say thank you to everybody that's tuning in, whether it's your first time or you are a subscriber. I appreciate all of you guys and those of you that have started to share this more. I'm getting messages from people that are just randomly finding it or hearing about it. And they're like, I don't even remember, which is great. You know, good news for me, because it means it's actually getting out there and doing something. So I want to thank everybody that's doing those reviews and sharing it and tuning in and subscribing. So now that that's out of the way, (laughs) I want to uh, first welcome our guest, Ryan Williams, and I'll bring him on in just a second. I met him. He and I actually are uh, in the Arte Syndicate. Some of you guys know, you know, Andy Frisella and Ed Milet do that. He's been in there way longer than me. I'm kind of new within that group. And I reached out and I'm like, hey, like, you know, hearing about him and speak and what everybody says about Ryan is like, oh, I got to get him on. He's got an awesome business within like apparel. They've got their own stuff and they do custom apparel for other people. And he also as a veteran, was a Navy SEAL in for 10 years, SEAL instructor, all that stuff. So thank you, Ryan, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. <laughs> Dude, thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited. Awesome, man. So let's kind of, you know, we'll dive into uh, some of your background, but also before we hit record, he and I like started going off on on a, a little tangent. I'm like, shit, look, we need to be <laughs> recording this right now. And, and then we'll kind of, and it relates to the background because we're talking about, the background, you know, of where I came from, some of the stuff I did in the military, the regrets that I have. And then, you know, he was talking about his background, you know, being in the Navy for 10 years and then coming out and just how we look at comparing ourselves. And, you know, I, I want to go deeper in that because I think there's a, like you were saying, there's a healthy way of some health, healthy regret, but then yeah. there's also like the where you're just beating yourself up and you're getting yeah, nowhere it'll with that. It'll eat you up if you let it for sure. Yeah. So let's kind of dive into that. Like where I, th- I think it's the first time I can say, and really have thought about that there is healthy regret. Cause we hear so much about like, Oh, you know, don't regret things. You, you know, you don't want to live with regret and die with, you know, have it on your deathbed. But I like the spin. So I'll let you kind of go into that of like <laughs> where the healthy regret is and, and how you're using that. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember the perspective of, of where you're at, right? Because everybody, everybody has their own regrets and everybody is disappointed in themselves in in certain levels and certain things. And I I think, I think it's hard to be a high achiever without having those kind of self doubts and those self regrets looking back because you wouldn't become a high achiever if you didn't have high expectations and high goals for yourself. And just by the nature of shooting for things that are difficult to achieve, there's going to be a percentage of things that that you just don't achieve, right? Just nobody hits home runs every time at bat. Even the the best professional baseball players that have ever lived are not, you know, 100% home runs at bat. It just, it's a physical impossibility. I think a lot of times we set these unrealistic expectations for ourselves of what we see people are doing or what, what we perceive other people's lives are like. And it's especially, you know, magnified through Instagram because everybody only shows the, you know, the highlight reel. And yeah. I, I do that too. <laughs> I don't show a lot of the bad shit because <laughs> nobody wants to see the, the times when I'm like sitting at home drinking and I'm like, oh man, fuck, maybe I should do more. Maybe I should do this, whatever. But mm-hmm. those are thoughts that we all have. And I think it's, I think it's important to recognize that we're all imperfect in our own way. So when you look at these other people and you think, oh, I should have done this or I could have done that or that person's killing it or, or whatever it is, 
everything's relative. So when you look at somebody who is, you know, quote unquote, killing you on Instagram and they have what, you know, the cars that you want and they're dating a girl that looks like you want and they have a house that you want and all that stuff. You never know if that person's really happy or not. They might have everything that you want, but if they want something else, or maybe their version of success is way different than where they're at right now, they could be extremely unhappy. And the other person who's viewing that needs to understand that when they reach that, you know, quote unquote success or that level of these things, these metrics that they put in place that they think will become success for them, I've never seen it end. I've never seen anybody who is successful who reaches for these things and then gets off the elevator. It's like, you know what? This is good. I know there's, you know, a million floors, this escalator. I was at three and I was looking at five and I'm good at five. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. Because once you start achieving, you start realizing how truly attainable a lot of these things are. And once you start attaining, I know this is how I was viewing it. It was, once you start attaining, you start to realize how, how far that ladder really goes. Like for instance, when I had a Lamborghini used to be like, you know, when I was growing up, we were super poor, like, and a Lamborghini was something that I had on my wall. I never thought I'd own one. I, I was just kind of one of these things that I was just kind of one day, someday kind of thing. I never thought I would be a Lamborghini owner. I just didn't think of myself that way. It wasn't like, you know, in the card, so to speak. But I, I did some things, built some businesses, and, and thankfully things worked out. And I was in a position where I actually, I actually bought one, bought a brand new one. And I was like, wow, this is, it was an interesting mind shift for me because I woke up every day and for the first six months I had it, I still expected them to like, for them to tow it and be like, oh, we made a mistake. You can't actually <laughs> come and take it from me. <laughs> every morning and be like, fuck, it's still here. They haven't repoed it. Like, and I make the payments and I'm like, okay, this is, this is fine. Like I'm, I can't afford this. This is me. I'm like, and it took me a good six months to really come to terms with like, shit, you know what? Like I am a Lambo owner. This thing I had on my wall that I thought was completely unattainable and for another lifetime and other people I put in my driveway and through that process of kind of realizing, Oh shit, this is attainable and doable. I started to look beyond that and be like, okay, well, this is what I thought was unattainable. And I just, at that time, or prior to that time, I just categorized like Lamborghinis and yachts and jets. I, I just categorized them all as unattainable. Mm. So I thought when you get one, they just all show up at the same time. Because I, <laughs> I didn't realize what a massive difference there is between, you know, a quarter million dollar car and a $3 million yacht and, you know, a $50 million jet. I, I didn't realize that they were that far apart. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I reached that first rung, that first layer, that first level that was beyond where I was thinking currently of the Lambo ownership that I was like, oh shit, there's so many more levels above this that I haven't even, I haven't even started to, to think about bringing into my world. And it took me, it took me another you know, year or so. I owned a car for two and a half years and it really was like a mind shifting uh, experience for me. It took me another year of owning that meeting other people through that ownership experience that had, you know, were way ahead of me in business at the time and really realizing that all these things that I thought were unattainable were completely attainable. It was meeting other people that were, you know, way, way ahead of me in business and life and and in every way and realizing that, man, they're going through the same problems I have. Like they're dealing with the same shit. They're really smart guys, most of them, but they're not, massively more intelligent than me. They're just significantly more experienced. And 
they have more capital and they, they have a lot of other things, but none of them were unattainable. None of the things were like, you know, if I was to look at the NBA and like, am I going to go be a pro ball player? Well, like, no, I'm six foot one, not seven foot one. And yeah. I, have a vertical jump of like a fucking ant. So like, <laughs> like in the NBA, you're, you're not, you're not crazy. You know? Right. So if I look at that and like, if that was my goal is going to play in the NBA, that would be unrealistic and unattainable. But I'm looking at these, these business goals that these people have achieved and I'm looking at how they've done it, who they are. And I'm like, you know what, this is, this is totally doable. It's going to require me to change parts of who I am to, to recognize that in order for me to become this person that can lead a team that is going to build a business that can afford these types of things in this lifestyle, I'm not that person right now. And I had to recognize myself like, okay, <laughs> this is what it takes. I'm good at, you know, these few things and I'm really bad at these few things. So I had to really address like, okay, what do I want? What do I want out of life? What do I want out of my business? What do I want my life to look like? And how can I craft my life and my business to, to look like this, but it was really coming down to, it was coming down to, I just had to have a map of what I wanted in my life because otherwise I think, I think that's a big problem that a lot of people do with, with Instagram or when they're starting a business, they don't really have a good idea of where they want to go. So they see who they, they think is, you know, killing it quote unquote mm-hmm. on Instagram and like, Oh, well, this is what success looks like. And it's, you have this type of, person in your life that you're significant other you have this type of car you have this type of thing whatever it is and they make a map of it and then they think like okay here's where i'm at and they they try to get there but what they don't realize is that those things might not make them happy and they, they take a lot of work to get there and i've seen people get there and succeed and get it and be even more unhappy when they were than when they started because those weren't really what made them happy in the first place they just thought that these are things they should be chasing or that define success in somebody else's eyes. And that's what I think the biggest problem that most people face in, in entrepreneurship when they're starting that journey is they never really clearly define to themselves what success means. So mm-hmm. success could mean I've known people that are super happy with $50,000 a year and they got two kids and a picket fence and they're happier than almost anybody I've met. And for them, that's success. And they don't, they would not be happier if they had more zeros in their bank account or a bigger house or whatever. They're totally happy where they're at. So for that person, there's no benefit to that person chasing another person's version of success. Yeah. And I, 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 I really think that a lot of people would be very much, much better served by taking a step back, analyzing what their goals really are meaning are they chasing what they truly know is going to make them happy? And if it is, you know, go for it. But a, a lot of times there's some modifications that need to be made, but nobody really asks themselves that question because they're all chasing, you know, bullshit that everybody else thinks is going to, going to say, Oh, this defines success. This is killing it. This is, you know, whatever. And it's, it's very confusing. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've talked to, I've talked about this in some previous podcasts too, where it's like social media, it's so great in so many ways, mm-hmm. but it's so damaging in a lot, whether it's the younger generation, you know, our, our generation, those kinds of, because that that's one of the key points is this get rich quick bullshit that's out there. <laughs> right. doesn't take work. You can sit in your couch, you know, oh, in your passive, underwear, passive income, right? You know, yeah. this passive shit. And you know, you just 
do these ads and sell this and you'll make all this money kind of thing, you know? And I think that's one. And then the definition of this is what success looks like. Like you're saying like, Oh, I have this life and the highlight reel. And I love like one of our our previous guests, Vincent Vargas, who's another, you know, he was an army ranger and he's a great dude. Yeah. So Rocco was on and I love that when he posts like family photos and stuff on Instagram, he'll post the good ones, but he posts all the fucking shitty ones. So like his favorite, like off the wall, like they look totally stupid or crazy. And he's like, that's real. Like he likes those. He was saying almost more than the regular one. Cause he's like, that's the real life, not the picture, like the one shot that's picture perfect. And you know, I get from a certain point of like, if we look at, some of the stuff like, you know, Ed and Andy, like there's some stuff that, that like, it's great for the phone. They have these great photos. And I love, like, I love good pictures of cars, you know, seeing people get on jet because it's like, oh, like it does put that vision and that dream out there and inspires people. Yeah, totally. But it's so many people do that in like a fake over the board way of like, they bring a, a photographer when they're just taking a trip somewhere with some friends for a meeting on jet. I'm like, come on. You know, when I see some, I'm like, I get to a point where, but if like, that's all you're doing and like, that's what it's for is to like get some credit, you know, and some more likes. I'm like, come on. Like that shit's just so fucking fake, you know, like, yeah. Well, I think it, I think it's the same thing as like define what success means in your life. You have to define like, for instance, that trip, you have to define what success means for that trip. So yeah. there are certain roles that, the you attract it depends on your business model right so if you have a business model that depends on people wanting to emulate your lifestyle it totally makes sense to have a photographer to go on these trips it's all a write-off and it totally makes sense to have a photographer take some great content of this because that's really what you're selling you're creating the product when like the they rent and the fake shit it's like you know trying to look and present yeah but it it only works in a very specific instance to where you you have a business model where people want that and it's useful if it's just if if you're just doing it because you want more likes on your instagram well, do those likes actually translate to a betterment of your life in a certain way, more money, more connections, more opportunities, more people in your life, or is it just to make yourself feel better because you got more random people that like your shit. So Mm -hmm. I would say the the key thing is you really got to find what success means, not just in your life, but in each particular aspect or project or or mission that you take on. It's like, what what are we trying to do here? And then through that, examination of the expectations you'll be able to dissect and be like okay this makes sense this doesn't make sense but i think that's the thing that a lot of people don't do so in- instagram is a uh, well I, I talk about instagram but it's social media in general is an amazing tool it's mm-hmm. such a powerful powerful tool um you and i met on through social media i've met most of my current friends through social media it's an extremely powerful tool however like any powerful tool, it can, it can also be very dangerous, like a chainsaw. It's a yeah. very powerful and useful tool. It can also cut your fucking arm off. So <laughs> you got to know how to use it. That's what I think a lot of people don't do is they don't understand the negative power of social media, how it can act on them. And if, if they're not shored up, if they're not ready or even aware of how it can negatively affect them, I think you open yourself up to a lot of these, these negative feedback and this, these negative loops and this depression that like, Oh, I'm not living up to these expectations. So I, I would, I would encourage people to take a step back and examine how social media 
is benefiting your life and how you can use it to benefit your life, other people's lives and progress everything. But also take a really hard look and, and a clear look at maybe some of the things that it is giving you a warped perception on and really mm-hmm. dig into those and find, you know, what is what is the truth? And some of those are ugly truths that like, if you're looking at really fit people and you're not fit and you want to get fit, that's a truth that you should face. I do that. I look at people who are way fitter than me before I go to the gym. I'm like, bro, I want to look like that. Like you guys' shoulders are fucking jacked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a very useful pain point for me to be like, okay, you know, I'm not that jacked. I'm going to use this motivation to go and make progress towards that goal. Am I ever going to get as jacked as that guy? Probably not. Probably not. You know, but there's also that realization that that's fine. But you're not judging yourself on that either. No, totally. I mean, some, some people will and be like, fuck, I don't look like that. I'm a piece of yeah, shit or I mean, something. That's what you, do. you have to pull in the positive, like what can I use out of this? And then be aware of the negatives and block yourself. Be like, I want to look like this, but you know what? It's fine if I don't, as long as I make progress. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, it's kind of, I would look at it as, you know, reading between the lines and not always taking things at, you know, face value or that, you know, like if you're looking at it and I think part of it too is, you know, we could talk about detaching or unplugging from some of these things. Cause we are so much like this mm-hmm. in our phones that we get unplugged from reality and are in so many people's lives and looking at this, looking at that. And it's like, it comes down to, which I think at a core of all of this that we're saying is you can make a vision board. You can want these things like you said, but it's not like success. Isn't, it's not a direct line of, well, I want these, I'm just going to work and I'm going to get there. Or like, you you still have to look at the, what do you have to do to get there? You can look like, okay, I get to get the motivation, but I still have to go to the gym. I have to work out. I have to eat right, like do these things, or I want that Lamborghini. Well, I'm not just going to get online and create a business or like, there's still this, like you have to detach somewhat from those. Like I have a vision board over here. Some people like them, some people don't, doesn't really matter, but it's like, okay, cool. I, I like to see that. I got a calendar here with like the Mustang GT350 and 350R. I'm like, I love that car. And, yeah. And I love it. I want to look at it. And I'm like one day, like I want to have one or I have something else. Like I still love cars, but it's not like, everything I do isn't just attached to that as the outcome of success. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm doing. I've got a family, like all these other things. Like I don't just attach my value or just being successful as owning that thing. Like you said, when you got that Lamborghini, it was great. Like it went to another level, but that didn't determine, or I've heard like, you know, Andy talks about it. Like he's always loved cars. And it's like, to me, like that's still like where we can kind of get into seeing and actually living in that. Like I still see it, for example, just touching now, like I love cars, but it's still like, I know it's attainable, but deep down is like, I still don't fully believe that, you know, of like, holy shit, I can fucking have, like I can fly in some private jets or I can have a garage full of these cars that I want. But on top of that, like he even says, like, those don't make up his success. Like he he's able to do those because he has been successful and worked hard and done the hard work. But owning those cars don't fucking mean shit of him being successful. He just he likes them. He rotates cars. He gets cars, gets rid of cars, like has no definition value on 
what he's done or if he's successful or not successful. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize too, like what your goals are. His goal is to have a big company and be successful in that way. The byproduct of that is being able to explore some of these other hobbies and interests that you have that, but also like, like for me, I've been a car guy my, my whole life, or as I can remember, I used to ride my bike to the store and I had like five bucks and I would go read all the car magazines and I'd buy the, the best one. It was like four ninety eight, and I had five bucks and I'm like, okay, cool. And I'd ride my little bike fucking back and I'd read that <laughs> magazine for, you know, a month until the next one came out. And I find myself now and I've had, you know, cycle through a bunch of cars and they're, they're fun and they're cool, but dude, I'm at the point now where that it's not a goal for me anymore. Towards the end, when I, when I sold the Lamborghini, I had it for two and a half years and I bought a different car and dude, I didn't drive the Lambo for six weeks. It just sat in our warehouse. And I'm like, why am I paying, you know, $3,000 a month for this car that I don't even drive? And I was like, dude, I'll just, all right, fine, I'll sell it. And I, cause it's not like a super rare car. It's a very like, it's exotic, but it's a standard exotic. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I could just, if I miss it, I can just go buy another one. And honestly, man, I haven't missed that car a single fucking day. Like it was beautiful. I'm so glad I got it. I had such a great time with it and experience. And it really did like help me mentally check a few boxes. But after I'm done with it, I'm like, you know, what? I don't, I don't really miss it. And I've, I've, Bought and sold a few cars after that. Like I had a 1970 Camaro, beautiful. I had some other, like I got a K5 Blazer now. I got a 43 Willys in the shop built for like, so I love cars, but at the same time, they used to be a goal and a motivator for me. And I find myself now, I'm just, it, it doesn't have the same effect. It doesn't have the same drive for me. So even though they're still cool and fun, I, it just doesn't mean the same thing. So I found that I have to set a new goal. So my new goal is to, I want to get a jet. I don't know if I'll ever get one. I, I don't know. Right now, it's still this thing on the wall. It's I can't afford one. It's way out of my price range right now. But I have to put this new thing on my wall to take the place of a Lamborghini because I've already achieved that. And I'm not happy stepping off the success elevator here and being like, hey, you know what? Hey, this is good enough. Because mm-hmm. you know what? As a human, you're naturally like, you get tired of the same shit. It doesn't matter if somebody feeds you steak every day and it's the best steak of your life. You still don't want to have the best steak of your life every fucking meal of every fucking day. Like yeah. you need variety as a human. And so for me, through this process of changing goals, I've also changed what makes me happy. So happiness for me used to be success, meaning like my business was doing well, but that's because I grew up really poor. So for me, I was living paycheck to paycheck until literally just a couple of years ago, mainly because I made a lot of bad decisions with, with women and other stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's part of the journey too. <laughs> hey, it's part of the part of the veteran experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for now, like what makes me happy now is very different than what made me happy, you know, several years ago. So for now, I want to help other people build and grow because I've, not by any means reached the pinnacle of my success, I've, but I've reached a point where, man, I've learned a lot and I've learned enough to realize there is so much more I need to learn. So I've dove deep into this process of learning and developing. And through this process, I've realized that, man, one of the most fulfilling things for me is helping other people grow. So now our, <laughs> what makes me the happiest is 
having our team grow and develop and building leaders and building a management team and helping them achieve their dreams and their goals and things they didn't know they could achieve and helping them grow into that person that I think they can become. So it's, it's this ongoing process of like, you know, how can I better myself and the realization that for me to better myself, I need to better other people. Yeah. And I've noticed that more lately. Like if we look at the base things, like from what you've said, like where your business is at and what you guys do is like leaps and bounds beyond my small business. Cause you know, like the podcast and all this stuff, like doesn't make me money, cost me money. It's passion. And that's something that I love that I do that I want to yeah, grow into something. But I have my marketing agency and all that. And my wife's business, like, that's my thing. You know, that that's the, what pays the bills and what I do. And I enjoy it too. And I noticed this lately because I have a small team. One of the guys that works for me, like he's really stepped up this year, you know, I'm paying him more. And then I like gave him even, even more of a raise recently. And he was like, dude, this is like, this is awesome. Like I love, like I got a high out of that. And he, you know, he might hear this, he he might not. And like, he, he told me that, you know, he surprised his wife with, with a car that she needed a new car. And he's like, Oh, I went like that money. I got her a new car and all these things. I'm like, fuck, like, dude, this is awesome. Like I want the business to do even better. Cause not only yes, do I make more money and I, you know, growing to Florida, we're taking our 18 year old, she turns 18 next week. We're taking her to Florida, her boy, like all of our family for the most part to Florida for a week, like all this fun stuff. It's like, well, I want to make more money so we can do more of that, but I want him to make more money too. And like, like, that's fucking cool to me. Like, yeah, the toys, like, you know, this year, we bought a new side-by-side, all this stuff in the summer because we didn't get to go to Disneyland. It's like, I paid cash for this thing that I own. I was like, fuck, like I, I would go out there every day, like multiple times a day, look at it. You know, not it's not a Lamborghini, but to me, it was just as important as that of like, yeah. oh my God, like I own this thing. Like if I needed to sell it, like I could sell it. I don't owe anything on it. Like I pay cash, like all this stuff. And it was like, man, like that's cool. But when he got excited and saying like, oh, my wife, she also quit her job to take care of a family member of theirs. Like, dude, I want you to make more money. I want to have another team member and do that. Like that shit's cool. That's and like that's one. successful. Like sure. I never thought of that until that happened is like, that gives me a high to do even better yeah. now in the business. Absolutely. I, and I wouldn't have known how powerful that feeling was until I had it myself. And I was like, oh shit, like, you know, it, it feels good to make money mainly because it, it reduces the scarcity and the fear aspect and allows you to be more present and enjoy life more, which, which is nice. But, you know, an extra couple thousand dollars, an extra thing, like these non-life-changing amounts of money, it doesn't really have the same effect. But somebody at a different point in life, that can be a life-changing amount of money for them. Mm-hmm. And it can really, like, when you see them have that feeling that, that you got when you first started, when you first saw like success in your business and these things start to come in and that, that freedom that you felt and that, that, that ability to provide for your family, how powerful that made you feel to provide that for somebody else, I think is one of the most important things that you could ever provide for somebody else. And it is, it is the best feeling I've ever had is to be able to build people up and allow them to grow into the potential that I know that they have inside them. I mean, we're, we're just starting to get to that with our team. We have some really amazing people that 
our, our department heads and, and different positions. And you know, I see them growing into just fucking amazing, like amazing fucking people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that transition in my own wife. Cause she's also the CEO of the company. And I've seen her go from like, you know, kind of nursing student. She was pretty young. She's kind of, you know, not very experienced and really helped me grow the business. And now dude, she is amazing. She's an absolute killer as a CEO. She is better than I am at running the crew, running the business. She really is. And it's been so exciting for me to see the confidence that she has developed from being empowered to, to be able to grow inside. Like, you know, they said a goldfish only grows as big as the, the fishbowl. Mm-hmm. I've created my goal is to create a big fucking fishbowl so that all our goldfish, all our people can grow as big as we can possibly fucking get. Mm-hmm. But that's that feeling of providing for other people is so powerful. And I hate to keep coming back to Lamborghini, but that was also one of the things that I noticed was that towards the end, when the first time I drove it, it was amazing, amazing feeling. I still remember the test drop. It was like, that was the most fucking fun, just exhilarating, just fucking immense experience that I've had in a car. But then after a while, it becomes just like anything else. You're used to it. It becomes a car. It becomes like, mm-hmm. oh, it's really low. I got to go over speed bumps. I can't win driveways. Pain the ass. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. It's like pain it, to it, drive it, like another yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, that's a real like transition of your mentality of it. So for me, what ended up my favorite cars, my favorite parts and memories about that car are allowing other people to drive it allowing other people like having kids sit in it and rev it and, and having, having kids, you know, their parents don't have it and they don't have the opportunity to, to actually see these things like I did, like on their wall and bring it in and actually sit in one and, and feel how, you know, the suede feels on your fingertips and feel the power and hear the, the roar of the exhaust and, and have that connection with it. And to see their face light up when they're having that same experience that you have, it keeps that memory fresh in your mind. Why you even fucking started this and why this goal was a goal in the first place that you worked so hard to pull it off the wall and put it in your driveway. And it comes back to the same thing. Like you talked about, like sharing that experience with others and helping them see what is powerful and impactful to you and allowing them to, to then build and share that with other people too. I think, I think that human experience is way overlooked and it's, I am trying to focus more on it because uh, it's something that I overlooked for a long time. And uh, I didn't realize the power of it until I started and started doing it slowly and smallly. And now it's uh, man, it's really become a driving force of why we do everything that we do in business. Like with our, our whole team is, you know, we basically manage apparel production for other brands, a lot of infrastructure, but that's not what I tell our team, right? Our, our, I don't tell our team, Hey, we print t-shirts. <laughs> I tell a team, we help, we help our clients build their fucking dreams. Mm-hmm. Like we help them take these, these ideas and these designs and these things that are in their head and turn them into a real product and share that with, share that vision and that design and that movement with their people and their audience and connect with people and connect their dream to reality and build their dreams. And, and we've done the most amazing things. We work with people that were literally the beginning of a design and they're just starting out and they're, the whole other project, but they go from there and literally living in their mom's basement and not knowing how they're going to feed their family. And they got a new wife and they don't know how they're going to pay for everything to now that guy has a fucking eight figure apparel line. And he's 
fucking killing it. He and his wife are having a great time. And the, to see the confidence that he has had and the personal growth that he has had as he's gone from this person who's just like, fuck, what am I going to do with my life dealing with PTSD from war and all this fucking angst and shit to developing as an entrepreneur and a leader and a, and a business owner to an investor and just the transition of him and seeing him grow and develop. Fuck, man, that's why we do everything. It makes me think of one of the Tony Robbins quotes that I always come back to and always remember. He says a lot of like amazing, anything he says is almost amazing. <laughs> you know? But the one I think of all the time that he says the secret to living is giving. And it's like, fuck, like if you can sum up everything he does and talks about, like kind of comes back to that and exactly, you know, what, what you were saying. And another point that it was like funny, right before you brought up your wife, I was, I was thinking of that because my wife, She's very open with her story and things, you know, a lot of anxiety and bad past relationships and all these things. And since we have met, you know, now she has her business. We've got the shop in front, you know, doesn't like do crazy or anything, you know, for like my business helps, especially through COVID and having to be shut down because it's brick and mortar. And then she's got her online, but it's been cool to see her go from like, oh, I've always wanted to do something like this to like the first step the next step and the next step. And then last year, like yeah. it's a year since we've opened the store and she'd always wanted to. And I was like, I don't know, like, fuck it, let's do it. You know what I mean? And it, it would like proved me wrong on like how well it's actually done, how it helped the online. And now my goal is like, I want to see if I talk about like her, like I remember when I was first like, Oh, I started my age to like make a hundred grand. I'm going to be fucking, you know, rich. Like I knew it wasn't like a lot of money, but like when you've never made it, it's like, Holy shit. Like I'm rich in my, yeah, in my life. Yeah. And it's huge to build that from like nothing to like, Oh my God, I made a six figure business. You know, I made it to that first step. And like, that's where she's at now. I'm like, I want your business to be doing a hundred grand a year. Like that's the first big milestone. And that's what I want to see. And I want to feed that and continue to see her to grow and be like, in my mind, I have the agency and I know where I want it as like my lifestyle business, where I don't want it to build to and where I do. And I'm like, in the big picture, I'm like, man, I see her business being able to be more of the lifestyle we want and make even more. So I'm like, I want to grow that into an even bigger thing than mine. And like, that gets me excited and wanting to do that so she can hit that point of like wow like it's doing six figures mm -hmm. now we can do multiple six figures or this or that and on top of just the market and what she does like the live she's impacting and like the fans that she's grown it's like it's crazy i'm like i want to empower that even more totally which right. is also why i work hard in mine because it's been able to provide the financial backing to open the store and to do this and you know to do these that's, things that's the key thing right there though it's, and that's a lot of people like in the beginning stages you have to go after money because money is a, is a tool that allows you to do more shit so yep. a lot of people that have never started businesses or have even you know come from money and don't really understand what it takes to get money they're very altruistic they're, they're quick to give away other people's money and they're like oh well you just need to go for the heart and you just need to donate and all this shit but <laughs> The reality is you need to fucking provide some value to the universe in order to understand what that compensation package looks like for you as a person, right? And through that process, that, that's called building a business, right? Provide value, get paid, figure out all the necessary steps that are very necessary to understand 
the value of money and the return because you're learning how to use that tool. And through the process of building a business, you're learning how to use that tool, which is money, so that when you get it, you don't spend it like a fucking idiot and you don't blow it on a bunch of shit because you understand the value of it. And that's why a lot of people before they have it are like, well, you should spend it like this. And a lot of people that, that grew up with it, they, they don't know the value of it. So it's like a really powerful tool that you don't really know how to use. It's like a, a you know, a, an amazing hammer that you're like, oh, it's a great hammer. It does all this shit. And you're just like over there hitting yourself in the fucking head with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, yeah, you can do that, but that's not the best use of the fucking tool. If we want to even relate it to, let's take it to like the military take standard m4 then any anybody can grab and shoot but it's utilizing the tool putting it in someone that's like not knocking anybody and what they do you know but somebody that's like their office you know their admin they got they go to the range what you know once every six months to qualify maybe barely qualify and then you give that same weapon into the hands of a navy seal or ranger or like you know anybody like that and it's completely fucking different, but it's the same tool. And yes. it's because how you're utilizing it and the time that you put into using it. So it's anybody can do it, but it comes down to kind of what we said at the beginning is putting in the work of not just, well, I'm going to buy this. So I'm going to pick it up and, you know, I'm going to buy this rifle. And I'm going to be fucking Chris Kyle all of a sudden, like doesn't happen. Maybe you do want to be a great, that's a new hobby of mine. I want to start learning a lot more long distance shooting, but you got to put in the work. I know where I want to go or I want to buy a Lamborghini, but you have to put in the work and do the shit. And you're not always going to like it. You're going to be uncomfortable. And that's a great lesson in and of itself. We can go into yeah. learning to be uncomfortable and finding so, the right kind of people to help you move forward and all these different things we can go down. But it's, it's trying to learn how to utilize the tool, whether it's money or finding a good accountant for doing taxes or how to use ads and not use ads or how to find partnerships like you guys do with helping apparel brands. Like you guys fit a specific piece within that. So they're not buying the equipment and trying to do it themselves. Yeah, That's a way better analogy than my hammer one. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so true, man. It, it, and it really just comes down to experience. Like, and how do you get experience? You you have to you have to go train. Like same thing with the rifle. It's like you have to go figure out how to use it. And is is a rifle powerful tool? Absolutely. Is a rifle dangerous? That's the exact nature of a rifle to be dangerous. They don't they don't design rifles to to put flowers. In hills, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like the purpose of a rifle is to kill people. That's it. Like that's what the intent was. Or you know if you're hunting or whatever. But. Mm. But uh, it's still, it's to kill, like, I'm going to go hunt My goal is to shoot a fucking deer. Like, I want to see the deer and shoot it, so I have some meat to put in the freezer for the family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a perfect tool for the job. But at the same time, as, you know, as a professional carpenter, should know how to wield a hammer and a saw. If you're going to be a, you know, a professional level shooter, that, with that particular tool, you should be professional level, you know, with that. And how do you get that? Dude, it takes experience. It takes training. It takes it takes fucking things up. It takes a lot of mental effort and time and repetitions, and that's kind of what entrepreneurship is. And the first couple of years is essentially just fucking things up and mm-hmm. realizing that everything's imperfect. Everything is imperfect. And if you wait for perfection, you'll never launch anything. 
Because the yeah. reality is that, that nothing is nothing is perfect. Even t-shirts, like we could print the t-shirts the exact same way with, with a freaking robot, and there will still always be slight imperfections. If you measure each one, just do the the nature of the material being stretchy and the nature of the inks and the heat and the dryer shrinking the thing, like there will be inherent differences in each individual shirt. Now, some people is that imperfection? It depends. You have to establish what you know parameters of quality mean on that. Yeah. I think a lot of people wait for perfection in whatever product or design or thing or business that they're launching. And the reality doesn't exist. And if you look at like uh, an iPhone, for example, right? Their iPhone, what, 12 is coming out soon or something like that? Yeah. Like now, because this stair step evolution of technology for an iPhone doesn't look like a stair step, right? It's not like, oh, we only got all the stuff for iPhone 1. And then we didn't develop anything and then we all of a sudden got it in for two. It's a constant progression. So at a certain point you have to call it and be like, okay, we need to launch iPhone three. Yeah. We've got all this other cool shit we could add in. Like, no, no, no. Save that for iPhone four, launch iPhone three, get it out there, spend a year. We'll put all this new shit in iPhone four. Same process. Like, Oh, we got all this new shit for iPhone five. We can, we can pack it in. We can pack it in. You know what? Good enough. That would be perfect. We're doing 90, 95% solution. Good enough. Launch iPhone five. So it's just, it's a natural progression of these things. But I think when you don't have that experience in business to realize that everything is at least slightly imperfect, yeah, you have unrealistic expectations of your own product and your own thing. And I think a lot of people suffer from like paralysis by analysis and they, mm-hmm. they're just too scared to take that first step because they know that it's not perfect. But I think if they understood that nobody, nobody's stuff is perfect and especially nobody's first iteration yeah. is perfect. So well, we could probably go back to your experiences, you know, when you were an instructor and stuff, it's like you started there and we're probably like, fuck, you know, like, <laughs> holy shit, you know, how do I get to that point? Or like, you know, there's a path, but I, I'm just guessing, or I'm sure plenty of people, like, I'd be like, fuck, like, how am I going to get there? Like, I don't even know if I'm going to make it through the end of today. But then when you get to the other end and probably saw, it's like, everybody starts at that position, but you got to build it up or, you know, it made me think, and I've never read the book, so I'm not going to really quote on the book, but the, you know, good is the enemy of great, Mm -hmm. that thing. But I I have a a hard time. Again, it's not about the book, but the concept that everybody talks about is like, well, once you want it to be great. And it's like, well, when, you know, that's why I love your, your iPhone analogy is like, when is it enough. Like if you're always just shooting for great and great and great, like you never launch, you never, Oh, it's not great. Cause we have this, like it, it needs to be an even better phone. And even, but like you would never have a fucking phone. Cause you would always want to be great. Like there does have to be like a minimum viable, viable product or like, Hey, this is good enough. And I think people put too much of a negative stigma of like, well, it's not great. Like it's just good enough. Like when is it ever great? Because that's the evolution. Like you're never fully there. I'm never like, like you said, I, I made it. I'm, I'm sick. I'm going to retire now. I, I made it like, no, you're always getting to that next thing. So there is a point where this is good enough to start and get going. And then you continually improve the product. Like Lamborghini would never come out with its cars. If they're like, no, this isn't good. And like, it needs to be great. Like there's this next thing or this or that, you know, and they produce just roles like all of them. They produce great cars, but there's always the next thing. So it's like not, well, this is good, but it's kind of shitty. 
you know, that it's off on the printing on the front or that like, they're obviously there's some standards. Yeah. Yeah. There's standards to it, but not the paralysis by analysis of what has to be greater. I'm not there yet. They know more than me and I'm not going to get started on my business because I don't know yet. Like everybody starts then. That's why I brought up, you know, Navy SEALs or, or everybody starts selection in the same fucking place. You know, somebody might be a little bit more talented or faster or gifted in one thing, but everybody takes there. And, I, and it made me think of, um, and I'll probably screw it up, but I was listening to, you know, Kobe um, talk about when he, first was playing basketball and he said he i think it was like he either didn't play or or i think he didn't score one basket or something all his first season and it's like you would never think of that when you fast forward to one of the greatest basketball players of all time yeah like he didn't score his first game maybe maybe it was but it was something like that where it's like you would never think that but then it was okay well i had to start somewhere now i have to put in the reps put in the reps, like continue to grow, continue to run. And then, and then one basket and then two baskets. (laughs) Yeah. And even to get to the point where you're at training, like the guys that even, even before hell week, before this, you have like, you know, 155 guys that get into class, even to get to be one of those 155 guys is fucking hard. Like I remember when I first started training for still training, I was like 185 pounds, like seeing I'm like 220 right now. So 185 is like really skinny for me. I could do like four pull-ups, four. The minimum to even get in was like eight at the time. And I could <laughs> barely do four. And I'm like, what the fuck? How am I going to do this? And so I had to I had to roadmap it out. I'm like, okay, what are the parameters? This is what I need to be good at running, swimming, push-ups, pull-ups, and, and sit-ups. That's it. So that's what I did. I literally did that for months and months and months. And I got incrementally better and better at it. I've heard guys go in and they fucking don't know how to swim. Well, they've like barely swam before. Yeah, it, it happens. You know, I mean, that's that's part. And then of they that. come out as a Navy SEAL. You're like, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, there are some technical aspects where like you can't not. They they do teach you, you know, yeah. how to swim, but you still have to be trainable and teachable. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But it's like that. That's. Oh God, I can't remember who or where, but I, I remember hearing this guy talk about it, where he was like he had never really swam before he went into, you know, like the pre-selection, all that stuff and started learning. And you think, cause you know, when I think Navy SEALs, I'm like, God, like you guys know how to like scuba and like, you can't see shit. Like you get to a point of a destination, like all these crazy things and coming from like, couldn't swim in a kiddie pool to pitch black. You go from point A to point B and that, you know, anybody else would have no idea where they're going. A lot of people don't realize they, they don't see the progression, right? All they yeah, see exactly. is the end state. And that's the same thing with Instagram and entrepreneurship. You're you going from nothing to a Lamborghini. Yeah. All you see is like Elon Musk and like, what the fuck? It's amazing what he's been built, but did you see what he's done in the build up to this? So all mm-hmm. you see is the end state. So for instance, in that where like uh, a lot of people heard of uh, this situation called drown proofing mm-hmm. in butts for seal training where they basically tie your your hands behind your back and they tie your feet together and throw in the pool and you got to like bob up and down swim around and and, and not die so but <laughs> just but, a little point in there <laughs> yeah that's, that defines success in that in that realm like don't die for a certain amount of time perfect <laughs> but what a lot of people don't realize is that they think they have this perception that oh, the buzz instructor is just, you have to automatically know all this shit 
and then they're just going to tie you on, hog tie you on the deck, and then toss you into the water. And if, if you die, oh, I guess you weren't meant to be a seal. But it's not like that at all. <laughs> what they do is they they have everybody in the pool. Nothing's tied up. I'm like, hey, tread water. I'm like, okay, cool. Now, just not tied, but hold your hands in front of you. Like, okay, just use your feet. They're like, okay, now leave your hands free and just hold your feet together. And so there's this progression. Then they're like, okay, well, tie your hands behind your back. Or they'll tie your feet together and leave your hands free. That's an evolution. And, and then tie your hands behind your back and leave your feet free. And then slowly you get used to it and you're like, okay, and you learn the steps. And there's, there's a very specific process to how you do that and how you float and how you breathe. And it, it, is, it is a technique and it's a learned technique, but it's not something you would know, you know, naturally. Or you just go from not being in the water to, like you said, tie it up and throw. And that's one oh, thing bro. I mess with. I, I guarantee you, almost every Navy SEAL alive, if they didn't go through that training and you just took them from, you know, hey, welcome to Bud's first day, and you tied their fucking hands behind their back and their feet and threw them in the water, they'd all fucking die. Like, <laughs> there wouldn't be any. They'd all be dead. <laughs> right. So it's, it's an unrealistic expectation to expect somebody to perform at a professional level without going through the steps and the training protocols and the processes to, to learn and progress to that level. I think entrepreneurship is a lot, is a lot like that. It's like a lot of people have this expectation that they, sh- they should be entitled to what they perceive as success because they see it on Instagram and everybody's saying, like, Oh, I got this success this fast. And yeah, but you don't see that, that guy doing that is up to fucking, you know, 2 a.m. on DMs doing shit. And he wakes up at 6 a.m. and he's off doing shit. Like, you have to put in the work. There's no scenario where a person is self-made who hasn't put in the fucking work to get to where they're at. Mm -hmm. And if you cut corners on that, if you don't put in the work and you skim people and you skim processes and you, you kind of, you know, fuck people over on the way, you can reach a certain level of success, but it will always catch up to you. It will always catch up to you and you will, you will crash and burn. If you don't build that infrastructure of doing essentially good work, it, it's, if you build that foundation on fucking quicksand, whatever you build on top of that is just going to fall into the quicksand because you, you can't outrun, especially in digital age, you can't outrun your reputation. Everybody's always going to know who you are. You can't hide. And that's why I think just being authentic and being real and understanding your own shortcomings and your own drawbacks and, and not beating yourself up over them, but being like, Hey, this is, it's natural to be imperfect. It's not totally natural to want to do big things and want to be perfect and want to, you know, be a perfect husband, a perfect father, a perfect business owner, a CEO or leader, whatever it is. But also the realization that, you know what, I'm going to shoot for that, but it's okay if I don't fucking hit the exact bullseye. Right. So I'm, I was also a sniper. So I went through sniper training and you think like, oh, snipers always hit the bullseye. Well, it, it depends how far away the target is yeah. and how big the target is. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like some success might be hitting, like when you're shooting, you know, a uh, 50 caliber, a like, Rufus round at like, they're not very accurate. Like, you know, one and a half minute of angle is not very accurate. <laughs> if you're shooting at like a mile target, success might be hitting like a 10 foot by 10 foot target. That might be success. But if you're shooting, you know, Sniper 300 wind mag at 600 yards, success might be hitting, you know, uh, a six inch target. So you have to define what success is for you. But even then, is hitting that target success or is hitting the little pasty um, um, at 600 yards? Is that success? And are you happy if you hit this or are you unhappy unless you, you have all three rounds hitting the very center? It's unrealistic. I mean, if you do that, it's honestly, it's more luck than skill at that point. Yeah. Um, 
but it, it's unrealistic to expect that. So you have to, you have to go into each kind of role and season of your life. It's like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is, this is my fucking big goal. This is my perfect life, my perfect year, my perfect month, my perfect day, whatever it is. I'm going to try to get as close as I can to that. However, I still have to define what success is and success is say 20% of that. Awesome. I'm going to shoot for hundred, but if I get 85, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm still counted as a win, you mm-hmm. know? And I think a lot of people don't do that. They have unrealistic expectations for themselves, everything from fitness to their own personal decisions to their, their leadership style or their, their, you know, personal decisions and, and relationships. And I, I think I, I never want to not shoot for perfection, but at the same time, man, if you if you never give yourself a little bit of break, if you never allow yourself a little bit of flexibility for perfection, you're going to be completely unhappy almost all the time. Yeah, there's no way to go through life. Yeah, because shit happens. You know, I think you know there's which is what I love with certain things of whether it's like parenting and so many things with like the military. There's so many like analogies you can like relate to life, like you're saying with let's say long distance, you can't just pick up a gun and be like, okay, like you, like you were saying 600, like, okay, I'm going to hit it dead center. Okay. Aim crosshairs done. Like that's what you would think. But in reality, there's so many other things. And like you said, you can look at it as like, you could totally miss the target. You fall short in front or you make it on paper, but it's not dead center. Like there's a lot of ways you can look of, okay, here's the direction. Here's the target I'm going for in life and business personally, whatever it is. And everybody has to start somewhere. You went in not knowing all these things of how to adjust for wind and the, you know, air pressure, all these different crazy things or the, you know, temperatures of the first shot or the sixth shot, like, you know, barrel, like all this shit that people are like, oh my God, I never would think of it. You never think it, yeah. And that's w- what it is with life and biz or anything like you, okay, you have a direction, you got to start somewhere and then, okay, even the most, like, let's say the most experienced shooters still are going to miss sometimes. Like I said, even the best home run hitters, they're not going to always hit a home run. There's maybe there's something you didn't account for in your calculations to hit the target. It's like, fuck, I missed or I didn't hit dead center. Well, I still got close because you're still trying. I think there's a lesson in that. Like you're still out there versus not trying at all. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, great. Point of aim, point of impact. Okay, what do I need to adjust? Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward on the next thing. Like you learn and you don't, like you said, you don't beat yourself up about it. It's like, fuck, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I missed. Like, damn, that sucks. I hate not hitting a target, but what do I need to adjust for? What did I learn? Okay, great. Didn't think of that last time. Well, I'm probably not going to forget that lesson. And then you take it on to the next thing and the next thing. And then like we've said too is, now you share that and you pass it on to other people and see them succeed. And then now see more people succeed and get higher. It's like, what's that saying where they say like, you know, rising ships or whatever the fuck it is. Like, you know, we all rise together and we all raises all ships. Yeah, exactly. That one, you know, like that, like that's really, I think the base of what we're talking about is, you know, if we could sum a lot of this up is, you know, don't judge success based on Instagram (laughs) for one, you know, like, what does it mean to you? Does it mean owning a jet? And if you kind of get to a point where, "Eh, you know what, I don't really care about that anymore. It's this other thing. Owning a Lamborghini is great. It was fun, but 
I'd rather take that money and invest it into people or do this or, you know, having 50,000, you know, making 50 grand a year and my, I can do this and this with my family and I'm super happy and I have success that way. So finding, defining what that is to you. And it's okay to change them too. Like yeah. you want different things at different points in your life. And that's, that's not only okay. That's totally normal. In fact, yeah. it, it should be expected in your plan. Yeah. You're not, you're not just blinders on narrow-minded because like you said, you're, those are probably the people that we're talking about that get to a destination and they're like locked into it and they're like, fuck, I'm not happy like this, but they continue on the path and they're super miserable. Like that's not where you want to be. So I think that, you know, that's one, everybody starts with not being able to do the drown proofing, you know, everybody starts somewhere and you just, you have to be okay with that and getting in that process. And I think part of that is whether it's direct mentorship or learning from people like being open and being teachable, you brought that up where I don't think we, we kind of grazed over that. You have to be teachable. Otherwise you're, you're never going to hit the target. I I would say that is the most important thing in anything in life, in military, in business, especially because I was just talking to a friend of mine today about this exact concept this morning is uh, it's not that you need to be, super good. Like success is not usually achieved by, you know, home runs every time you get up at bat. Success is usually achieved by just consistently hitting base hits and occasionally get a double and it's really good. Or, you know, once every, you know, year or so you'll get like a grand slam or something like that. But for the most part, it's consistently doing well. So I think if you ratchet it back, what is, what does that really mean? it's constantly progressing. So how do you constantly progress? And the number one way to make sure that you are always progressing might not be fast and might not be a huge scale, but to 100% for sure, make sure that you will always be progressing, allow yourself to make mistakes, but do not allow yourself to make the same mistake twice. And if you do that, you'll step in a lot of potholes, you make a lot of mistakes, but as long as you don't make the same mistake twice, you will eventually, there's nowhere to go but up. And the great thing about that too is that it's like a, a ratchet, right? So a ratchet strap, it gets constantly tightened and tightened and tightened. And it might go back, but it only goes back one ratchet or one uh, segment, right? It won't unwind all the way unless you pull it off. So as long as you don't make the same mistake twice, you're always going to be moving forward, moving forward, moving forward, even if it's small and incremental. But like anything else, that's literally what it takes. The people just have unrealistic expectations of, how fast they're going to achieve, you know, quote, success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, it, it boils down to being teachable. If you don't want to learn or you're like, well, it's, I've always done it this way. I'm never going to like, for one, you're going to turn off a lot of people. And you're yeah. stuck there. You're yeah. never going to get better. I've always heard, you know, like the most successful people, like I'm always a student. Like I love hearing Ed and Annie talk about it. Like, oh, I learn from Annie. I learn from Ed all the time. Like they, they're constantly talking about the other ones teaching them. And it's like, oh my God, like these are dudes that are extremely successful in multiple ways of how I would see them. And it's like, oh, I'm learning from this person. And that person is like, fuck, I need to learn from more people is what I think I need to do right now. (laughs) That's exactly what Arte is about. And uh, that's what was a big factor in us being able to build um, a significantly larger business faster was realizing the things that I sucked at and actually reaching out and being like, okay, these are the qualities 
for me, I wasn't a good leader at all. I was a good uh, executor. I was a good operator in the business, but I wasn't a good manager and I wasn't a good leader. So I was very efficient, but I wasn't very good with people. So I realized like, okay, this is, I can never build the type of business I want to build without a team and people. Cause that's the key to, to scaling anything is, mm-hmm. is structure and who runs infrastructure people do. So I was like, okay, if I want to achieve this big goal, if I have this big goal and I'm just not talking about, it, I want to do it. I need to realistically assess what it is that I, I suck at that I'm not going to be able to achieve this goal if I don't address those things. And it was a pretty long list. And uh, a few of them, the, the key part of it was, was leadership. And I knew that about myself and uh, Andy and Ed and instrumental in that. And a, a ton of other people I've learned so much from in the syndicate. And it's made amazing connections, like talking with you here, like, dude, it's been a huge, huge part of what has allowed me to progress faster is just that that acknowledgement like you know what i'm i'm not good at these things let me find some people that are and learn from them how to get better at these things yep i love it and you know like so there's so many golden nuggets always within the episodes but you know within this there's i know there's a lot but i think you know it's really that and and it comes down to just starting like you have to start like you know you're going to make mistakes be honest with yourself be Mm -hmm. teachable it's never going to be perfect but, you know, getting shit compared to the person that's always waiting for perfect, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of them. I, I think that's, that's really what a lot of it, a lot of it boils down to and uh, defining I, that, like I said, defining what success is to you and always continuing to look at that. Cause it is probably parts of it are going to change. That is 100% the exact roadmap, dude. And people complicated, like business is difficult and it's a lot of work, but it's not complicated. Like if you just, if somebody were to just take those steps that you just said and actually execute on them for three years, I guarantee you they would have at least a six figure business. And it could be, you know, ice cream cones or whatever it is, or trash removal or, you know, whatever the possibility is, if they follow that steps for at least three years, hundred percent six figure business. There you go. So anybody that's listening, it's, yeah. it's not rocket surgery. Exactly. <laughs> Just got to do the work, take the steps and fix things as you go. Awesome, man. Well, I love it. I really appreciate you taking the time for those that want to follow you more. Cause I know, you know, like you said, you've got your Instagram, you've got the business, you know, where, where can people kind of learn more about you and what you guys are doing? Oh yeah. Our, our website is uh, industrythreadworks.com, but it, is, it doesn't really do a good job of describing what it is that we do. If you follow me on Instagram, it's Invictus5326. I, I kind of tend to do like a little more day-to-day on what we do. So if you're interested in, in building a business, I think we're, we're really open with all the shit that we do, things that, we, things that we're good at, things we're not good at, parts that we fail and, <laughs> and uh, you know, lessons learned. And we try to be very, very open with this stuff because I want to help people succeed and grow. And that's a big part of what we do. And then our business Instagram is industry underscore threadworks. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Everybody go check it out. I hope you guys enjoyed our kind of rants in in these different directions, (laughs) but I think we got a lot of good stuff for you. So I would say if you heard it, go back. If this was one of the key episodes, I'd say to go back and definitely take some notes on would be this one. But man, I can't thank you enough, Ryan, for, for taking dude, the thank time. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I appreciate the conversation. I always learn a lot from these two, man. Dude, I, if you're ever in San Diego, let's go have a beer. 
Oh, definitely. I, I yeah. got to come down that way. You know, I, I, I grew up a lot like the second kind of part of my adolescence and whatnot was in LA. So I, I love San Diego. So oh, we got a lot more stories to share then, bro. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we guys, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you got something like said, share it, you know, hit Ryan up. If you said, Hey, this, you know, made a huge impact, whether it's now or six months from now, like I said, that's really kind of what we're doing this for too. So I appreciate you guys and I appreciate you, man. Dude, thank you so much, Matt. Thanks.